Hello and welcome to the Appetence Podcast. My name is Amy, the creator of Appetence Families. And today we are actually not here for a birth story, just to mix things up a little bit. We are here for a lovely educational podcast with Corinna, who is a careers mentor for the preconception, pregnancy, and postnatal woman. I have been so blessed to have her on the podcast. I am so, so grateful to be able to expose the beautiful work she does with my mummers. We talk about common issues in the preconception, pregnancy, and postnatal issues that you may have with your career um, that you can go and talk to Corinna about and help discuss how to work through them. So I really hope you enjoy the podcast. Let me know how you go. Thank you so much for joining us on the Appertons podcast, Corinna. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. When I came across your Instagram and I saw what you did as in career mentoring women through their preconception, pregnancy, postnatal period, I was just so shocked in the fact that I had never seen someone doing that before. And there may be a couple of scant ones around that I just like hadn't heard of, but it is such a rare Field and it hadn't even, you know, occurred to me that it's such a necessary field to get into and that nobody really does it. So I was so stoked to come across it and so happy that you're on here to talk about it because my mamas talk about it all the time and I feel like yeah. you're going to have some great value to share with them. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. So good. <laughs> well, do you want to tell us of your story on how you came to start your business and where you are today in your business? Yeah. I think, first of all, I want to say that when I met you through Instagram and saw your account, I absolutely loved the work that you were doing. Mm. I think it's so cool that you're putting birth stories out there and giving women information and empowering them in the way that you are. I think that's awesome and I'm really just honoured to be here and be part of the work that you're doing. So thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you. (laughs) Um, In terms of me and my story... I genuinely never thought that I would be doing this either. (laughs) I really didn't. I never thought I would be starting this business and being a career mentor. I very much so from the beginning or probably from the moment I could talk, I thought that I was going to be a lawyer and that's what I wanted to do. I went to uni, I graduated, um, got the Bachelor of Law with honours and went straight into private practice. So that was very much the direction of my career Um, and I was working in commercial litigation and I switched things up and went into the public service and worked with the anti-corruption watchdog when it first opened here in SA. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Um, And then when I was 27 I got asked to be the general manager in a large organisation and manage large teams of people Um, who were doing really important work there too. So I was leading teams that were regulating uh, liquor licensing and building work and real estate agents. And I loved that work. That's what I thought I was going to spend the rest of my life doing. Um, I had amazing people that I worked with and, uh, yeah, that's just what I wanted to do. And as I reached the peak in my career, I then also decided that I wanted a baby. Convenient timing. (laughs) Very convenient timing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And literally that decision for me changed everything. Yeah. So 
um, it was huge and completely changed the direction of my career and changed what I thought I was going to do. So when I first returned to work after maternity leave, it was the most difficult experience of my career. I had an incredibly hard time. Um, I felt really vulnerable and isolated when I first returned. And yeah, people just really assumed that I wasn't interested in my career anymore and that I was a lot less committed because I was a mum. And it led to me getting a lot fewer opportunities and options at work. And it just meant I had to go through... I had to go through a bit of a period really of overcoming people's assumptions about me and what that had then meant in my career. Mm. Yeah, it was really challenging (laughs) and it was something that completely blindsided me. Like I never expected to return to that sort of environment. I always just thought I would pick up where I left off and it really surprised me that that wasn't the case and that I had to really work hard to challenge a lot of those assumptions that were being made um, to try to get back to the position that I was in when I left to go on maternity leave. Like having to prove yourself when you had already done that for years beforehand. Exactly, exactly. Like I I couldn't get my head around it, but it just seemed to be like what what happened. And I started like speaking to other women in my industry and I was hearing, okay, well, they had a really similar experience to me. And I was like, okay, well, this is, this is sort of normal. (laughs) And which really surprised me. And I finally got myself back to the position that I had been on before I went on maternity leave. And then that's when I realized I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to I don't have those same goals, I guess. My goal has changed. Mm-hmm. I want to use everything that I've learned and all the skills that I have to help other women in this situation mm. so that they have a much better transition than what I had and what other women that I know have had. Mm. So that's how my business was born and how I decided to get into career mentoring because I had had my own difficult experience and I didn't want any other woman to have to go through that um yeah yeah. so that's that's the story of interesting story of it (laughs) in your pregnancy did you find leading up to your mat leave was that like did you have different dynamics within the workplace then or was it really normal up until you came back So when I first announced my pregnancy, I think because of the leadership position that I was in, I probably didn't hear as much of what people were saying. Mm. I had an incredibly supportive manager at the time who was a huge family man. So he was really excited that I was pregnant and he was really supportive and encouraging and saying, you know, we'll get you back, we'll work out how it works. And um, he... Yeah, he was huge on that. But four months into my maternity leave, I got a call from him saying that he had resigned. (laughs) Oh, no, bugger. It completely threw like a spanner in the works and I didn't really realise the full impact of him leaving until I returned back to work. Yeah, with his replacement. Interesting. 
interesting. <laughs> so now today in your business, how do you help women? Yeah, so I work with women on a one-on-one basis where they come with a specific challenge or issue that they're facing in their career and I work with them to be able to set a really clear plan on how to overcome that challenge and Mm -hmm. then support them as they do that. Interesting. Interesting. Now, never having have gone through it myself, and I I am really surprised with the fact that it is actually something we need to consider as well. I guess I would have thought, you know, working in a maternity setting at the hospital, women come and go all the time having babies. Like I feel like maternity leave is such a normal thing in my workplace that it's not really even an issue. Um, So I'm surprised to hear that it is for a lot of other people. So what are some examples in the preconception period that women may come to you for as a struggle? Yeah, well, just before I jump there, because I want to go there with you definitely, but it is so common that one in two women actually experience discrimination in pregnancy or when they return to work. So it is huge. Huge. It is huge. And what's even more concerning is that 90% of women who actually experience that discrimination never make a complaint about it. Wow. So they come up with ways on how to deal with it. You'll see women sort of switching jobs or, you know, just accepting a lower level position or something like that. So it is, that's how common it is. And it's, it's insane. It's insane that it's not more spoken about or there's more awareness around it. Wow. That's just wild. That's just wild. What, Corinna, would be the most common preconception issue that women come to you to solve? So one of the most common um, preconception issues that women come and we talk about is really what to expect uh, when they want to have a baby. So they've sort of reached a point in their career that they are like now comfortable in and they're now trying to decide when the right time is to have a baby and then sort of what to expect when they do have a baby. So that's probably one of the biggest ones in that preconception period is trying to work out how it's all going to work together. That's interesting. That's pretty prepared of women to do I would say yeah it's actually I originally started just seeing women talking about return to work issues when they sort of first you know come back after maternity leave but there's been a rise in women really wanting to get prepared and empowered in making those sorts of transitions in their lives and I think there's a gap where it's still very much taboo to talk about in the workplace and say, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about having a baby soon. So, you know, I think now they just are looking for other ways that they can still get prepared in their career, um, mm. still be able to make really informed decisions. Because you can't necessarily, I guess, in a lot of careers, talk to your boss about when a good time would be or how much notice to give or anything like that because then it kind of already puts you aside into that she's going to be gone soon sort of group. Exactly, which is insane when you think about it. Crazy. Not being able to have those sorts of open conversations when it's such life-changing decisions. So you've got women trying to make such important decisions in their lives with so little information. Yeah. You know, like... And I think the other thing is for employers, they're missing out on by not having those open conversations. What's happening is women sort of feel like they have to keep things 
a secret while they're trying for a baby and then they don't really have the conversation with their employer to let them know until they're at that three-month mark. And by that point, there's only six months, if you're lucky, of work left, do you know what I mean, to really start to plan things out. So it actually puts everybody at a disadvantage by not being able to have these conversations openly. Completely. Yeah, completely agreed. So what's like an example of, you know, maybe a situation that someone has come to you with and how you help them solve that issue? Yeah, so really like similarly, like women, uh, I've had a woman who was wanting to change careers and she didn't want to do that while she was thinking about having a baby because she keep that. I don't know, the stability, I guess, around that and was really concerned about by changing careers, whether that meant that she had to delay having a baby um, or whether she stayed in the position that she was. But then at what point did you make a decision to actually go and change careers? It's a really tricky sort of crossroads that I think some women find themselves in. Absolutely it is. Now that you say that, um, I've definitely come across that where a woman might be like in a job, say she's a teacher, for example, and she's, you know, keen to go to uni and study and do something else. But then she's like, oh, but I've got mat leave. So, you know, if I just stick with it for another four years, then I at least get mat leave rather than do four years of being a student and then have to go, well, no mat leave, just stop working. So yeah, it's a tricky decision to make. And it is just one of those life choices that you end up just having to kind of wing it and see how you go. So the fact that you can actually have someone who's in the know to talk to about it is so beneficial, just so good. Yeah. Cool. So you would essentially like talk to them about, you know, I guess the risk and benefit and stuff like that in making that choice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think as well, you know, when women are trying to think about what to expect when they're deciding about having a baby, what to expect in their career, then we talk about some really practical things that they can start to do to prepare to get an idea of what it's going to be like. So I think that's really important as well. Totally, completely, completely. So what about in pregnancy? What's the most common issue that you would help women solve there and maybe an example and some tools on how you would help them? Yeah, so in pregnancy, I think probably the most common one that I get is about how you announce your pregnancy to your employer. I think sort of like we were talking about before, there is a lot of, because of the way that work's structured, it's a lot of secrecy. And so women sort of feel like, oh my God, I've known that I'm trying to get pregnant for, you know, uh, X period of time and now I'm three months pregnant so I've known for three months that I'm going to have a baby and now I'm finally sharing it with my employer and so I think sometimes uh, there attaches like some guilt there as well because you feel, yeah. you feel that um, so it's working through through that with women and we sort of work through how to announce or to let them know that you're pregnant And then some other things that you can really do to, I guess, future-proof your career in pregnancy and Mm. or you go on maternity leave because I think a lot of the time it can be a bit of a a hands-off approach and sort of just seeing what your employer does and responding rather than proactively taking the lead. 
Yeah, that's so true. That is so, so true, actually, now that you say that. I like that, taking the lead. Yeah, I think it's so important because as well I think employers don't know what to do and so they sort of step off as well. And so when you're both stepping off and no one's there directing or controlling it, and it's obviously much more in your interest because it's your career, (laughs) Yeah, um, that you need to get in there and take the lead and show them what it is that you want and like overcome a lot of that. So, you know, we talk about when you're announcing your pregnancy, like sitting down with your employer, working out a good time to meet with them, understanding what sort of personality type they have. Like, are they a micromanager? Are they going to freak out over it? Or are they super hands-off and you can come in and really show them what it is that you're going to want to do and how you're going to do it? Yes. Yeah. And I guess as well the employer you know, when you go through the stage of wanting to be pregnant, having your baby, they don't know if you're in your mind, your long-term plan is to kind of end up not working and be a stay-at-home mum for five to 10 years. So they might not be wanting to put the pressure on to be like, okay, what can we do now to make your transition back easier to get you back to the level that you were before? Yep. Um, they might not want to be putting that pressure on so then kind of there's just no communication there, no open communication. Absolutely. It just gets unbroken. Yeah. And so then you have assumptions. If you're committed yes. and ambitious and still wanting to progress your career, you have assumptions about what they're going to do. And then they're mm. sort of stepping back and not wanting to yeah, push things or mm. in case it might upset you or <laughs> whatever their yes. concerns are. And that just means that no one actually says anything to each other. And then the only yep. person that ends up disadvantaged by that at the end of the day, well, obviously them and losing the skills and talent and experience of these women, but also at a much more disadvantage is us as women. So yeah, really, I think getting in there and being really strong in terms of saying what it is that you want and what you want to achieve yeah. and how you want to work together with them through you know, the period leading up to your maternity leave and, Uh you know, how you want to return. And I think negotiating that return uh, before you actually go on maternity leave is really beneficial because you're setting expectations at that point. So true. Just clear communication of expectations. Yeah. And And showing them as well because, you know, the studies show that women are well women are perceived as being less committed and less interested in their careers which is definitely what I experienced when I returned to work yeah but giving them statements and showing them that that's not the case for you is so important because it starts to overcome that bias that they already might may have so true isn't that just so true um I always surprises me how women keep it a secret in that first trimester like majority of women experience sickness if not like really bad sickness and how they keep it hidden I am just amazed I know I I remember being in board meetings and just feeling so ill and looking around me looking for a rubbish bin because I was like I am actually about to go and throw up and you know there were times when meetings ended and I just sprinted out of there yeah I am so ill but I'm trying to keep it a secret and I don't want people to know the that, sounds awful. <laughs> that just sounds awful gosh cringe <laughs> oh, cool so I guess the most juiciest part correct me if I'm wrong I'm actually intrigued yeah. what 
type of woman do you get mostly? Preconception, pregnancy, or postnatal? Postnatal, definitely postnatal. Yeah. 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 Cool. So let's get into the postnatal issues. What sort of issues do people come to you with, and how do you go about helping them? And maybe some examples. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, postnatal, returning to work after you've had a baby, I think, as you would know as well, it's, it's such a tricky time in your life in general. You, you know, are so, you've just spent, and we're lucky here in Australia, we get generally a year of maternity leave. And so you've spent this year with your baby where it's just been you two and you've been the sole <laughs> provider of everything and you've controlled all the routines and everything and now all of a sudden you're having to give that control to other people whether that's you know daycare or family members who are stepping in to help and I think that's an incredibly emotional roller coaster to start with yes, <laughs> yes. like even besides the work that alone oh, yeah. is huge. it's huge it is huge and then you're sort of stepping out as an individual again, who's probably spent most of that year in active wear and with, you know, yes. your hair in a mess and whatever, just trying to survive that first year of being a mum. Absolutely. So the furthest thing from your mind has been trying to get on some work clothes and start thinking back in that mindset, you know. Yeah. It's just an absolute emotional roller coaster. So I think at the outset, that's probably the biggest one. And then it's like, how the heck are you going to manage to work and have this baby and do everything well, I think is the the challenge that I probably get the most in that uh, postnatal period is really working through what that all looks like. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So that would be a lot of like time management, would you say? Time management. And I think probably the bigger one is confidence. I think, Mm. you know, a lot of women who come back into the workforce, for some reason, you know, we lose our confidence. We start to doubt our ability because we've had that time out and things may have progressed and changed at work. And so it can feel really daunting trying to come back in and, you know, integrate back into the workplace, but you still feel like a bit of an outsider. And then you're still trying to manage the fact that, you're adjusting to someone else looking after your baby and how you're going to manage, you know, everything else. Um, yeah. So I think that's a really tricky thing of just trying to, yeah, build your confidence and how how you manage that transition for your whole family. Absolutely, absolutely. Is it ever much of an issue about pumping and like where to pump and how to get the breaks for that like does that cut into your lunch and morning tea break or is that extra yeah I've had I've had women who have been given like you know a storage cupboard (laughs) to as their sort of designated space to go and pump and they've you know come to me to speak with their employer about how how's the best way to sort of raise this that it's not you know a nice place I've had women who have had to pump in in toilets um yep toilet blocks during their breaks because there's not appropriate space to pump which is crazy (laughs) that's crazy yeah that is crazy you know I mean and pumping as well is such a is such a task let alone oh yeah in in those sorts of environments so yeah we definitely uh come up with some ways to be able to raise that 
I think, you know, there's mm-hmm. the legal ways and then there's the ways that you raise that that's going to keep you okay in the workplace and it's going to make your manager not be frustrated with the way that you've positioned it. You know, it's it's those sorts of yes. strategies that's really the work that I do. Um, but, yeah, I've definitely heard of women having challenges in, yeah. in pump, with pumping and just, just having a nice clean space, which you really wouldn't think <laughs> should be a problem anymore. But, yeah, it definitely still is. Yeah. Would you say um, – so you, with your work, even though you've got your lawyer background, do yeah. you kind of more guide women into how to have these conversations with their bosses based on like personality type and, you know, confrontation and all that sort of stuff rather than the legal stance on it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what yeah. I that's what I pride myself in is being able to, you know, I know the law and that's, you know, part of will always be part of my professional background, but it's being able to strategically position something so that you get what you need and what you want while not, you know, disadvantaging yourself in your workplace. I think it's yeah. important to have be able to have those skills and to be able to communicate but in a way that's not going to cause, you know, a lot of confrontation or cause that you don't get a particular opportunity or, you know, lots of things. That's really what I love doing. (laughs) You want a nice rapport in your workplace. You don't want to, if you don't have to, you know, get on your high horse and get all legal about stuff. I really think that's sort of like the last, last resort. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important just to have that clear communication. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are your future goals with the business? What do you kind of plan from here? Yeah, I would just love, I want to just help as many women as possible. I don't want any woman to experience what I experienced. And that's really the goal with the business to help as many women through this period so that they transition with confidence and with clarity and professionalism yeah. and grace that's that's what I want to do and that's that's the end goal as well interesting yeah. actually a question as well yeah do you um is the main women that come to you working for someone do you get many women come through that are working for themselves in business where they don't necessarily need guidance on how to talk to the boss because they are but yes. like how to navigate that. Yeah, yeah. I've worked with women who own their own businesses. I think the considerations are really different. It's about being able to talk to your clients or your patients or your customers and being able to give them really smooth transitions, being able to talk to your staff and being really clear about what it is that you're going to do, how you're going to manage it, who is going to step in, uh, what's the level of communication that's going to occur, Um, really setting you up for success from the minute that you're pregnant and looking at who's going to take over, delegating as much as possible, um, working on how you're going to be still communicating with everybody. Yeah, that's definitely been something that through Instagram I've connected with women who own businesses. And it's, I think, you know, it's, it's really cool to be able to work with those women who are owning businesses and who can really then plan plan out how it's going to look for them absolutely because I have never really thought about it before but just through this podcast I was having a ponder of it and it would be a really difficult like if not just as difficult as a woman working for someone else 
planning around your own business. It'd be really difficult. And like, you know, hiring people, putting that trust in people, training people while you're so pregnant and, you know, got all that sort of pregnancy feels going on. That's really interesting to think about. Well, your business Mm. is like your first baby, right? And so you want to make sure that how you, how it's managed is really in line with what your vision is for it. Yeah. So I think it's so important getting clear on that and then bringing in people when you need that really can see that vision and then you're really clear in what you expect from them throughout that process. I think that that's the biggest thing in, in all of it, whether you're working for somebody or whether you work for yourself, it's having really clear communication and what it is that you want and need to be able to feel really confident as you go on to maternity leave. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazing. Well, Corinna, for the one in two women out there that will need your help, do you want to explain um, how they can find you? Yeah. So at the moment you can find me on Instagram. So my Instagram account is at this is Corinna. Yeah. And my website will be up shortly. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. And I saw you have a bit of an email list going for the websites that you can let people know. I do. I do. Yeah. Good on you. How have you been getting clients up until now without the website and the Instagram only just started not long ago? Ah, so I had a little, I had a little, I had an Instagram account before this one that I um, took a break from for about six months where I really investigated what it was that I wanted to do. And prior to that, it's just been word of mouth. So I've been working with women that I worked with and women that have been referred to me from women that I worked with. Um, and then I just decided I'm going to take this the full way and put it out. Oh, <laughs> isn't that amazing? Like that beautiful organic growth to your business yeah. to, I guess, really kind of settle your nerves in starting knowing that this is something that is needed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like I said at the beginning, it was never something I thought that I would do. But then having stepped into that and starting and seeing the need for it and seeing how it helps, um so excited to to put these services out there in the public. (laughs) I am so excited for you too as well. I just think it's going to be such a beautiful assistance to women going through such a tricky time already and going through and having these questions and feeling like there's no answers. It's just so nice to know that there's going to be someone to talk to for them. Yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. Thank you, Amy. I really appreciate it. And that's a wrap to this epic podcast with Corinna. I really hope you enjoyed. I definitely did. It's definitely given me some feel for thought on a topic that I've never really thought about before. And I'm intrigued if it did the same to you guys, whether you're in your preconception or your pregnancy or your postnatal journey. I hope you know that you don't have to go through this alone. You don't have to ponder these thoughts alone or just wing it or just cop it. Like I think a lot of things in life we're taught to accept it is what it is and that's great and I'm a big advocate for accepting what is. However, this is a topic that doesn't necessarily have to be what is. You can receive support in this sector. You can receive help on how to approach these really difficult conversations and we don't have to just do it all alone. We can receive some sort of help and ask for help when you need it. So Anyways, I would love to hear if you have any thoughts on this. If you enjoyed, please leave a five-star written review so we can keep doing epic podcasts like this and getting people like Corinna out there to you mamas. So have a lovely rest of your day.